it's a party. Is it? Dennis, it's a party. Oh, okay. Woohoo! Party. It, does that store even exist? Do you remember It's a Party? <laughs> no. I no. don't know. No, I've never heard of that store. That didn't hit that didn't hit Florida, because what does Florida have? Party I guess city? not. What was it? Like a party city type store? I guess. Or? I guess. Yeah. Hey James. Hello. I was just talking to Dennis about It's a Party. Was that a store that existed in Florida? No, you're thinking of Party City. Yeah, that's it's it's the same idea. But that's pretty much what this podcast is. We're the defective characters, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. I'm Party James. <laughs> the opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today we'll be sharing our experience on unity in this episode 99 of the Defective Characters Podcast. Let's go. Isn't that a church? Isn't it a church? Yeah, unity. It should be. <laughs> it should be. Every I think every church should uh, should have that, which is ironic because I would say I would say seventy five percent of uh, meetings across the country are probably in somewhere around a church, right? India. India. Yeah. Especially in India, I would I would agree. Episode ninety nine. Anybody have a good ninety nine memory? No. I met my ninety nine year old grandmother when I was a two. Did you? Um, yes, but I don't remember it. I just have a picture. Oh. Is she she's still alive, James? Oh no. Man, she would she'd be like a hundred forty. <laughs> if that was the case that would be amazing what what age do you guys think is good that you won't be really sad if you pass away 99 like 500 yeah 500 just like the old biblical people what age is it when they say well they lived a good life like a nice long life what age is that <laughs> I don't know like 80 maybe 80 90 something 90 in the 90s i'll be honest i used to think if you asked me that as a teenager i would have said 60 and now i don't know if that is a good life no when i was a teenager i used to think 60 was like old old but then now like that i'm 40 60 does not seem old at all like i have friends that are 60 that are like young you know yeah, I mean, we got friends in their 80s that, that are yeah. still pretty young. Well, no, they're def- they're old. They're all old. Uh, 80 is definitely old. <laughs> 80? <laughs> if you're listening to this and you're 80, you're only yeah. as old as Dennis says you are. Yeah, I, I'm the deciding factor in that. <laughs> That'll change once I get up to 60. 80 won't be young or old anymore. It'll be young. So. Do, you guys, do you guys feel your age? Uh, I feel. You feel good. I feel like I'm in my early 30s, probably. Yeah. They say mentally, usually people feel 10 years younger than they actually are. Yeah. So. So I'm right on the money. 
Yeah, you're on the you're on the money, Dennis. You you feel feel in your early thirties? I don't know. I think that's like a ridiculous question because really, like, <laughs> I've never been forty before, so this is what forty feels like. You know? I know, but when you see yourself, like, I, I'll I'll be. Well, honest, I look like, like I'm in my like late twenties or early thirties, so. The last year, Mentally, I, I feel like I'm somewhere else. So I feel like I woke up one morning and I had this wrinkle on my forehead, and I'm like, "What in the heck is going on there?" And it was a it was a brand new wrinkle, and I think it sprouted overnight, and I was quite sad um, yeah. seeing that wrinkle. And it, maybe it had been there for a very long time. I just I don't I don't know. I guess I don't usually look in a mirror. My job. Uh, is something where the majority of the time, if I'm not out in the public, I, I just I just go and, and hang out away from people. So it doesn't really matter what my face looks like. So it's good. I you know, I don't have like James' face that he's always crafting with new facial hair. And uh, quite proud of what the last year has brought you, James. You're still there, James. <laughs> James. 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 Yeah. <laughs> still here, James. He's making chicken parmesan again. Oh no, I'm just sitting in the loft. Um, I'm not the quick-witted retorter anymore. I sit and listen for a while. Sweet. Well, let's talk about the last week while we're on you, James. How's everything been? Good, good. I picked up my boys on Sunday. Uh, that was nice. They're not fighting. Everyone's really in that. Really calm. I took um, my little guy to get his hair cut. He needed it bad. And I clipped his toenails. He needed it bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, we went to Wonderworks yesterday, which was kind of cool. They had a, We played laser tag. I got second place. They were in the bottom half of all the people. I kicked their butts. And uh, I found a good spot in laser tag. Everyone would just walk by and just blast them. I was like, I know. And like this little kid kept trying to get me. And he would run up to me and try to, but I would get him every time. It's just perfect. And um, and that's it's only been two days. So today I'm going to work. And uh, tomorrow we're doing Animal Kingdom. Yeah, it's been great. It's been just wonderful. I took uh, the little one clothes shopping. We had some pizza. It's been, it's been a nice vacation. I'm really enjoying it. They're sleeping right now. Nice. As they should be, you know? Yeah. No, nobody should be waking up this early in the morning. We're recording this at 3 a.m. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Don't destroy the magic. Imagine it's three. Actually, it's whatever time you're listening to this. Just imagine. Wow, sleeping at this time. Wow, crazy. <laughs> three o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So crazy. So that's that's good, James. Uh, Dennis, how are you? How's everything? I'm all right. I'm alive. I don't know. I didn't do much this week. I hung out with you yesterday, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Played some Minecraft. That's about it. Nice. Did some loops around the lake. Yeah. 
pretty good. I feel like I feel like there, and maybe because it wasn't the weekend, didn't seem like there were too many people out. Um, Well, I think you're starting to see less and less people out now because of the COVID stuff going on. Do you think that's that's scaring people away? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like Florida's in a really bad spot right now. Yeah. So whenever you're listening to this, if you're listening to this not live and a year later, oh, COVID, right? Crazy. Crazy it, it is a year later and we're still saying, oh, COVID. I know. <laughs> we actually, remember we did two COVID uh, episodes, COVID check-ins. It was a, yeah. such a weird time that it was. It'd be fun to go back and, uh, and see see what, what time is brought. So, yeah. Um, yeah, well, yesterday was fun walking around the lake, getting some good perspective. It made me think um, of Unity. My last week was good. Had some um, pretty serious conversations with my uh, my girlfriend and also my work. I'm a- asking my uh, ex-wife to change our parenting plan to week on week off because for a couple of reasons one of which I don't think it's the 223 that I'm doing right now I don't think it's really benefiting my daughter she's having a really tough time getting into the swing of things being with me two days then her two days then me three days and then flipping and originally we were going to wait till she's in first grade but it's been uh, it's been real tough to get her into the swing she's so grumpy and angry the first day and then she's happy and I asked my ex and she said that it's pretty much the same thing not always but uh, it comes like that so I'm trying to see if she'll be okay with changing the schedule and I asked her yesterday and she's hesitant about it so um, just kind of acknowledging that whatever she says is God's you know, God's using that as a channel to let me know whether my employer that I think has requirements of me that I basically consistency. I think anybody's, uh, you know, priorities being, well, I need to make an income. Uh, if I have to find work elsewhere that doesn't work with, then I will do that. And it's also just been tough on my uh, my relationship for a couple different levels of just not having any consistency. So all that in mind in my daughter being the number one most important reason out of that. Um, just kind of had to see how it goes, you know. So I was grateful that yesterday walked around after the meeting, got to chair the morning meeting. And, uh, you know, it's always a, a good time. Funny that Unity... Originally, I would think in the in the program, it being one of the uh, legs on the stool of how important it is coming together and, you know, us in celebration where a home group is saying um, the herd. It's essentially like that, like coming together was my definition. And before I came in, if I break it down to like before I came in, when I came in and how it is now, uh... I was a solitary drinker away from everything else. So unity and feeling like I had to come together 
though I did like it early on uh, when I was younger it was like an exciting thing then it became where I thought that people were judging me and I couldn't drink the way I wanted to and I moved to different groups of people that were doing other things so that way I had the unity of that and I felt like well if somebody is is using a different drug they're not going to be judging me you know doing this here and I was just so in my head about it but that was the only unity that I had until I didn't have fun at that anymore and it was just I was alone and that ended up making me feel alone even when I wasn't so if I was in a group of people uh, it's very lonely and it was a it was a dark place just being in my head being by myself and the last probably five years of my drinking more often than not was that way rather than having the unity and coming together do you guys have an experience about before coming into the program and how you dealt with unity if you saw any value in it I'll let you go Dennis um yeah I mean I think like like before I came into the rooms you know I had a group of friends that like I drank and drugged with that we've known each that we knew each other from like like middle school high school and stuff and like you know I was like our bond of brothers kind of thing you know what I'm saying like that's like we hung out with and partied and all of that but as we got older like you know that kind of changed as he like all drifted away and like drama comes up and stuff like that and eventually like those friendships dissipate for whatever reasons or whatever so then after that I was like pretty much alone except you know I would have acquaintances and stuff like that but not the fellowship that I found like coming into the rooms and stuff where like it means more you know like you would go into a bar and hang out with people that you saw all the time and then you would talk about like complain about the world or talk about whatever but you never really talked about like real stuff and feelings kind of like what we do on this podcast and stuff and uh in the rooms is completely different where like <clears throat> i have a lot of friends who i have nothing in common with on the surface or whatever but we're bonded through like you know our fellowship or whatever that we actually are have deeper conversations that actually care about each other and not like the superficial stuff like before and stuff if that makes sense yeah james well, you know, unity or, you know, being united uh, with other people, you know, I guess I kind of felt it when I was younger, when I was in the Boy Scouts, because we had a common purpose. But still, I, I, I didn't really like going, and I always felt like an outsider. Going to church, I always felt like an outsider. I never really felt a true connection in any kind of organization or you know maybe when I started drinking and I was going to bars and everyone was drinking and having fun or when I was hanging out with people but still you know I'd always like you said Mike I'd end up wanting more and then isolating towards the end it was just you know 
all about me and isolating. You know, there was no common bond. It's just like, what did, what could I do to make myself better? What could I take, or what could I, you know, do? Um, and then, you know, going into the rooms, you know, I fought that too. I didn't. I was like, ah, I'm not really an alcoholic. I don't need to. I don't need this. They're way worse than I am. Meanwhile, you know, I'm spending every last cent I have on alcohol and not paying my bills. Completely unmanageable life. Um, everything's just falling down around me. Um, when it, and then when it finally, when I finally felt the unity was, was mainly through the older gentlemen who were, were just kind. You know, like for some reason I was always gravitated to the kind gentlemen who had, you know, I could see their soul and it was just a nice soul. You know, the people who would bark orders at me and just like do this or you'll die. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stay away from them. They're, you know, they're sober, but you know, I don't. And I, you know, I wouldn't stay in the program. You know, I finally, you know, God got me back in. But you know, the first time I ever felt true unity or, or being part of something was was in AA. And the proof is in the pudding. I'm, I go to meetings. I've gone to meetings every day almost for four years straight. You know, I've never done anything that much ever. And even work, work, I would call out sick when I was drinking. I would always find excuses not to come in, but with this, like I make it to meetings, and um, but and you said it was well, the uh, the unity is one of the the three legacies, um, and I think it's very important. What are the other three legacy legacies? Service and recovery. Recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's good, and. Uh, I'm sure we'll get more into unity as we go by, but yeah, that's what I got to start off with, Mike. Thank you, James. And I, I did hear a rumor that there is supposedly a fourth legacy that they're working on, which is pretty nice. Dennis, do you have any guesses on what it is? Did you get that Umbrella Academy reference? I did not get the Umbrella Academy reference, and I don't know what the what you're talking about. The James, clue, clue them in. I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I get it. I heard a rumor that actually the other legacy is Minecraft. So. Oh, be, that makes sense. It's going to be the fourth one. That's a rumor. Yeah. I, I just started. Um. I don't know. In have you guys been to a meeting where they go around the room and everybody in the room says their name? I'm an alcoholic, and then it goes to the next person. Yes. Yes. Okay. So imagine there is 75 people in the room, and they do that. So it, it takes the whole hour, and then you say it takes. Lord's yeah, prayer. I mean, in, rea- in reality, how long does it take to say, "Mike, grateful alcoholic," "Chris, grateful alcoholic"? It's something like maybe two and a half seconds a person. So you're talking like three minutes of time to go around the room, and that's all you say. But I felt unity more than I had felt the last years that I drank the very first meeting that I went to 
and that meeting there was probably 35 people in there but it's uh I, I, I guess you could call it peer pressure because as it's going around you can just say you know uh, friend of AA you know if you want and then everyone will say welcome or you know my very or first meeting <laughs> what's that or just visiting some people just say visiting. that yeah either either one of those um, works well and but it's still you're still united you're still saying hello and you're still being welcomed so I was grateful that even though like our home group doesn't necessarily do that we ask if there's anybody you know new uh, either to the program or new to that meeting to welcome them and to, to feel that unity it's just it's something great and one of my favorite things is when somebody shares in a meeting because you always get the the normies that uh well when it comes to people that share that you pretty much know unless something is up with that person or at least that's the way i see it if there's time to share in the meeting and there's space where no one raises their hand in an open discussion group meeting to share that you know you can pick out which ones are probably going to say something and i love when someone who goes to meetings all the time raises their hand and, and shares something i feel like a connection to them that is is unreal and i went through a time where my sponsor said you know you you don't really share meetings you dump on me my first sponsor you dump on me all the time but you don't share with the group the solution after you have it why is that and i said i don't know he said okay well every single day this month every meeting just just claim your seat say i'm like alcoholic just claiming my seat and then people go okay thanks mike and move on and there's unity with that is there a time that you guys shared something and you felt uh, more unity while sharing even maybe not to the whole room but sharing with friends that helped you through a tough time um i think early on like the first time you share something or at least like first time that i shared something and whatever and then like hearing everyone in that meeting like talk about their experience with that which is basically what it is like that was really interesting to me you know what i'm saying where it's like you can present something you're struggling with or a question you have about the program and then all of a sudden you get the hive mind that comes at you with like hundreds of years of collected wisdom to like tell you about how they deal with that or their experience with it and i think that's you know a very unifying feeling in a way you know it's like we're all in this together type of thing and then more recently like with all the like mental health problems that i've been going through for the past year you know year and through all this covid stuff you know having friends that i can like open up with and be honest about how i feel and then like in turn they help me out 
to like get the help I need and stuff like that is like priceless. You know, it, it definitely makes you feel like you're a part of something greater than yourself, and like those people actually like care about my well-being and stuff. You know, so. Thanks, You're welcome, Michael. Hey, James. God bless you both. <laughs> so, geez, I like um, the fact that there's no leaders in AA because, man, when I go to rooms, sometimes people they try to be the leaders, <laughs> and it just makes me laugh. Cause... How do they do that? Um. Well. They do that by, let's say, always trying to be chair or, uh, you know, just huffing. Or telling people how to do this or how to do that. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, some people don't like to hear newcomers. And, but these newcomers, they need our help. And I love the fact that, you know, we, I mean, it's the first tradition, right? Um, what is the first tradition? Uh, don't wear white after Labor Day. Is the first. Our, no, yeah. our common welfare should come first. That's right. Personal recovery depends on a, a unity. So, you know, there's only one requirement. That's a desire to stop drinking. So, the beauty of this program is that anyone can come in and anyone can, you know, really say anything. You'll have people who have 30 years be like, okay, you can say anything, but you know, some things that don't really need to say just just get a sponsor and get some help first but some people they come into meetings and then they just vomit all over the meeting and just like they talk for 20 minutes about how bad things is like and you know sometimes it cracks me up because i can see all the old timers squirming in their seats like why don't they know this is not how we do a meeting but you know that's what these people need god bless them for coming in and have the, the courage to tell people where they're at because they feel safe you know that's the beauty of this program. You like people can come, and they can talk about everything, and really be open and honest. And that, that in turn helps other people to be open and honest. And you're still gonna have, you know, people are people, so they're gonna be judgmental. They're gonna think that they know the right way. But this program was really built with the first hundred people and and they went through all this so we didn't have to and they figured like all these things would crop up like and that's why the traditions are in place and the first tradition is personal don't wear white after labor day that's right that's the second you're talking james yeah (laughs) so (laughs) without unity pretty much so you know we all have a common purpose yeah, if there was just one leader, then, you know, we'd find a lot of, what's the word, discomfort. Yeah. Was it, was there anything early in sobriety that uh, you found a solution at by sharing with the, with the unity? Is there anything that stands out? Well, I would always, like, bring stuff to the group in the first year or two. Dennis, you remember that stuff. Like, I would be, like, when I was trying to get... Um, health or life insurance the guy on the phone's like well have you ever done illegal drugs i was like why yes i have (laughs) and then i was like well i thought honesty was key and then my sponsor is like yeah you don't tell the the life insurance people that they're like the devil you you lie your ass off there you go (laughs) 
I've like, found a lot of hypocrisy in these statements. And I was just like, oh. and then that's what he said. He said that hey, insurance is the devil. So, um, I I don't know. I, I, but then I got when I said that, half the people were like, in the room was like, yeah, you don't you don't say stuff that you don't need to outside of AA. And then other people was like, yeah, but honesty is key. So. When you share stuff at meetings, um, often the topic gets overlooked and people just kind of put in their own two cents of what they went through. So it's pretty cool to use the group as a sponsor sometimes. I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah. That, that's just one example. And um, so now I don't know if, if that was recorded so it's forever <laughs> in my permanent folder. Like, oh, this one's bad. one of the toughest things that i dealt with um i was fuming probably had six months i don't know maybe more in sobriety and my um now ex-wife then current wife was not impressed with my recovery six months into the program and i was I was really angry because <laughs> she said to me, um, do you really have to go to that meeting? You know, like you weren't here the last two years of your drinking that you're hiding it and, uh, you know, being drunk, you weren't present, you know, like you were drunk. There was, you were not there physically. You were mentally, you weren't. And now, not only are mentally you not here, but physically you are not here because you were at a meeting. And I was pissed. And Crystal, who told her story, we went to a lunchtime meeting, the lunch bag, uh, no, the brown bag, sorry, that we would go and I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? And she said, bring it to the meeting. And I did and said, like, I was angry and I thought everybody would get my back. Right. Like, be like, how dare she challenge your meetings? And they said, and it wasn't just like a a, one sex was on my side and the other sex wasn't. It was across the board. Well, in Vermont, surprisingly enough, the area that I got sober, there was almost more meetings than there were people. You know, like some meetings would only have like three total people and people would go to the average would go to two meetings a day, not necessarily because they needed it, but because of that unity that they had and it would be like their thing. So I said, like, can you believe this? Like she's challenging my meetings and they're like, uh, yeah why don't you just go to meetings when she's at work like what are you doing during that time and I'm like well that's the time I relax (laughs) you were you were an ass for years and you lied like you have to commit your time when you have to be home commit your time at home when you're not doing anything in the afternoon hit a lunchtime meeting hit the 5 o'clock meeting and be home 30 minutes later than she is and bring dinner home or cook dinner in between those two meetings, have it on the stove ready so that way she can eat it and you can heat yours up in the microwave. 
you know, and as crazy as it sounds, that brought me closer to those people because I knew that they weren't telling me what I wanted to hear. They were telling me what I needed to hear. And I don't think you're going to get that anyplace else. If you do, your friends are way different than my friends, you know, because my friends in the program and my friends outside the program are very different because I think you guys have my back and those jabronis don't care about anything but themselves and what they can get from me. And it's not everybody. I got a couple of people outside the program that are good, but a good chunk of them, um, I do not think had my best interests, um, you know, and I see that now, you know, it's a, they say it takes what, five years to get your marbles back, 10 years to know how to use them. So I know how to use a couple marbles and um, just grateful. I know what circle I want to, to be in. Is there anything else with unity that you guys wanted to hit? Dan, then talking about like the group and sharing again. Like when I was going through the steps early on, I always found it really like useful to like bring up the topic of whatever step that I'm working on to get everyone's experience with it and how they do it and all like you know that kind of stuff. And again, it's kind of like using the hive mind and like, you know, letting people know where you're at so you feel more a part of when you hear where they have been and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Dennis. You're welcome. James? Um, well, I don't know. I owe AA a lot, you know, and um, it's important to keep our fellowship united. So um, I'm going to keep coming back and reach out the hand wherever I can. And uh, as long as we stay united and, and try to be <laughs> less judgmental, I think we're, we're going to keep going on for a long time. I agree. I like that. Dennis, final word. Peanut butter. We'll be back next Thursday. Sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 100. Oh, my God. What are we going to do for 100? I don't know. Just the number. Uh, No, it's not. It's a special number. Exactly. That's it. Now we start going backwards. I can't wait till two episodes when we do episode ninety-nine. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. We're the defective yeah. character is entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. So remember, without you, there is no unity. That only leaves <laughs> the word nitty, and that's not even a word. Uh, we'll see you next time. You guys get that one? Yeah, it was yeah, pretty nitty. Uh, remember, guys, unity <laughs> deepens our lives and the lives of those to come. There you go. <laughs>